Welcome to Business is Good, the podcast all about what it means to be in business in the 21st century. Small and medium-sized businesses are the lifeblood of the UK economy, and globally they can and will have a huge impact on society, the economy and how we live our lives. From technology disruption to reworking a solution to solve the world's biggest problem, Business is Good is a podcast about what it takes to be successful and how every business defines that in different ways. Business is no longer just about being defined by what you do, but it's about giving back and redefining the problems and how we solve them in a way that works for you. I'm your host, Caroline Sumners, and I'll be giving you weekly inspirational stories from business owners who are building business and solving problems. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Business is Good podcast, the podcast that tells stories of modern business. I'm your host, Caroline Sumners, and this week I'm talking to the fabulous Kate Bagoy. I first met Kate about two and a half years ago, I think, in a small Italian village just north of Florence in a place called the Cinque Terre. Now, I'm probably not saying it right, but Kate and I were both there for a creative writing class. Um, If you're a listener of the podcast, you'll know that that podcast was not podcast, that um, event was hosted by the uh, Bianca Gignac, who I interviewed a couple of episodes ago. Um, Kate is a online business coach and digital nomad. Since I've known her, I mean, I don't even know how many countries she's been in. So she is most definitely the definition of running a modern business. So hope you enjoy this chat with Kate and um, yeah, enjoy. So today we are talking to the fabulous and wonderful Kate Bagoy, who I had the pleasure of meeting in Italy two years ago. Was it two years ago? Yeah, I think. No, yeah, it was two years. It was in 2017, I think. 2017. So we met on a creative writing course in the uh, fabulous Cinque Terre of um, Italy, region of Italy. Um, and we've been friends ever since. So when I decided to do this podcast and start talking to people about building their modern businesses and um, stories about that, Kate was perfect person to talk to because she doesn't really stay in one place more than <laughs> Six months. I guess that's being generous. That's been the longest. I did. <laughs> I did exactly six months in Miami. So yeah. So, um, so welcome, Kate. Um, Thank, you. Thank you for talking to me. Do you want to do a little who you know intro to your business and 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 who you are and everything like that? Sure. Hold on, just one second. I hit the wrong button and tried to share my screen with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hi, everybody who is listening. This is Kate Bagoy. I am an online business coach. Um, my background is actually in web design and uh, did web design for startups for about a decade and um, building businesses. And a few years ago, I pivoted into a coaching and consulting role, helping small businesses create um, a solid business strategy and marketing plan so they can get to traction quicker. And I specialize in working in what I call 
uh, creative corporate burnouts. So people like myself who are on the creative side, on the design or the marketing or the copy side, um, who have spent their career in the cubicle farms and are just sick of the corporate BS and want to do their own thing. And I help them get out of their jobs and into a six-figure business um, without a struggle that most people go through. Yeah, so see, I needed to meet you like three, four years ago because yeah. that perfect, and I think I said to you when we met, that perfectly described me. And uh, <laughs> it was like, if only I'd known Kate like in 2006, 15, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so, okay, so that being said, you, um, there's another side to your business which is probably pretty unique because you are, well, I don't know how unique it is actually. Um, but you are, do you call yourself a digital nomad or are you just someone that, uh, likes to travel a lot? (laughs) I I am a digital nomad. Yes. Um, I'm not necessarily active in that particular community. Um, but yeah, I, I am a digital nomad. I've been traveling more or less full time since January of 2017. Um, I did, uh, go back to the United States for a little bit to rest and recuperate and spend about six months there. That's the longest I've been in one place for two and a half years. Um, and now I'm back on the road and yeah, basically the definition of a digital nomad for anybody that's listening, that's not aware of it is really just anybody that makes their living online or through a remote job, um, and who travels the world full time. So I move from country to country as I see fit, as I desire, as I find a great cheap plane ticket or whatever. Um, and I stay in a country for, you know, anywhere from one to four months and get to experience that culture and run my business online. So where are you right now, Kate? Where in the world are you right now? I am in Ciudad de Mexico, Mexico City, Mexico, and it is one of my new favorite cities. It is absolutely magical. Why, why is it? Because you've been, since I've known you, you've been, I mean, probably in every continent, maybe apart from Indian subcontinent, I think. You've probably been everywhere, every continent in the world. So why is Mexico City like now top of your favorite places? What is it about that place that you think, yes, I want to... Um, Yeah. Surprisingly, I actually have not been to every continent yet, but, um, yeah, what I love about Mexico city is it's a really large and diverse city. It's, uh, there's a lot of nature here, which was a surprise for me. I, I, I didn't envision it being so green and full of parks and, um, beautiful walkways. It's a mix of super modern and colonial architecture and, and Mexican heritage. It's an amazing food culture here. Um, People are super friendly and super nice, um, both in and out of the expat community. There's a great expat community, which makes it a little easier to transition into a city where it is not my native language. Um, I need to study the language as I, I stay here a bit longer. Um, so it's just a, a lot of combinations. Thing. I really love the energy. It's easy to get around. It's super affordable. It's, there's just so much to do and see. It's, it's beautiful visually as well. Cool. Oh, well, I, yeah, maybe I'll have to pay a visit then and, and visit you while you're still there as you're going to be there an extended amount of time. I've actually been to Mexico, so um, that may be on the list. Okay. All right. So tell me, what's the story behind your business? What, I know you said that you help digital, uh, you help corporate burnouts, but, but why specifically were then? How, how did you get into your business? The long and complicated route. So really what happened is in 2008, I burnt out myself. I was a corporate burnout. I had a a great job with a Fortune 500 company that on paper 
was a dream job. And I was absolutely miserable, hated my life, drinking myself to sleep every night and working 60 hours a week. And I quit without a plan. And I thought, you know, I'll just start a freelance business. That's what people do. Just start freelancing. And I made like five, maybe $5 an hour. Cause I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so I ended up going and, and getting my master's in business and, and marketing. And after that moved to Silicon Valley to work for a startup and, and kind of got on this startup trajectory. I really loved working with entrepreneurs and startups and new products. And, uh, that kind of became my specialty. So when I, again, kind of burnt out on my career, um, this time I decided I was going to start a freelance business, but I was going to do it right. And so I invested in a coach and, you know, I, and I had the master's in business and all this experience. So it went much better. And I started a freelance business and grew it to six figures pretty rapidly um, and did that for a couple of years. And then the coaching thing I kind of stumbled on. So here I am, I'm, I'm loving my life. I'm living in Savannah, Georgia. I had moved across country and made this massive life's change and um, working as a, as a designer uh, from my living room. Most days, not wearing pants and taking Tuesdays <laughs> off to go to the beach. It was pretty awesome. Okay, just uh, let's let's just do a uh, let's just do a lost in translation moment. You were in fact wearing underwear. You were not wearing trousers. Uh, <laughs> for all the English uh, listeners, which is probably mainly the people listening, you yeah, must not offend your entire audience. Was, I don't think anyone would be offended. She was in fact wearing knickers. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you're in Savannah. You you're not working. You're not dre- getting dressed. You're you uh, you're. The what's next? What happens? I'm living the dream, right? Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I was working, but I was working part time, and I was making great money, and I was doing what I love, and working with clients that I love. Um. And then I had this opportunity to uproot everything I know and travel with a group called remote year remote year takes people out on this 12 month itinerary. You're in a new city every month for 12 months and you run your business online. And I decided to do that. And when I decided to do that, I thought, well, you know, the work I do is really intensive. I was uh, doing really comprehensive, really software design at the time. And, and um, I'm going to modify this and, you know, do some other stuff. And I signed up on a whim for a, a coaching program that I thought was going to help me build out my photography business, which I was going to do because of me traveling. It turns out this course was all about coaching and, you know, helping people and teaching people. And I stumbled into my purpose is really what happened. I took this program and it was like, holy crap, um, this is what I'm meant for. And so being the all in person that I am, I went all in and I um, started, you know, figuring out how to build a business around helping people do what I had done essentially, which was quit the corporate rat race, build my six figure business. Well, I didn't, and I didn't realize that you'd done the photography as well. So that, that was, that was interesting. That was another curveball that you threw in there. Yeah. Well, I, so I didn't actually make it a business. That was the intention when I signed up for the program. Yeah. And then I signed up for this program and it ended up being about coaching and, and a realized like, this is what I'm here on this planet for, I believe is, is to help people. And this is part of my purpose in life, but B I love photography, but if I made it a job, and it, I made it a money-making activity, I don't think I would enjoy it nearly as much. Yeah. Um, so I decided to kind of keep that as a marketing activity. You know, I can take the photos as I travel and, and that builds my brand and credibility on the fact that I am traveling all these crazy places. 
Yeah. Okay. So I guess you, t- you talked about you stumbled across your purpose. So mm-hmm. was that important to you? Do you think all this time that that's what you'd actually been looking for um, without even knowing it? Or were you, had you intentionally been searching for that, do you think? I was not intentionally searching for this particular line of work or avenue, but I definitely was searching for fulfillment. I've, I've always been a very growth-oriented person. I love to learn. I love to grow. And that's one of the things that I loved about working in startups is that I got to wear many, many hats and do all of the things. And it was just a constant learning experience. Um, but yeah, in my personal life, I was always feeling like, what? there's something else you know, even though my life was really amazing at this point, I was really, really quite happy in, in Savannah and, and quite happy running that business. Um, I felt like there was something more out there for me. Um, and I feel like I was guided to that, to, you know, use a spiritual term. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're right. Cause I mean, I think I said, I mean, you know, that I was also in corporate and on the face of it had a great job and, um, also started another business when I first came out of corporate, even though I also quit without a real plan. So <laughs> parts are very similar, but it also took me a good few tries, I think, and iterations to actually find where I thought I fitted. So, I mean, I guess that would be a question. Do you, do you feel like as people start their own business or the people that you come across that, that other people are, are, are sort of working in that way as well or do you think that's just because us two didn't have a clue what we were doing (laughs) I think it's pretty common I mean one of the things that I do particularly with my one-on-one clients but even with my online clients um I like to teach people how to think like a startup which is how to test and validate and measure and iterate and pivot if necessary and that means sometimes you start out thinking your business is one thing and you do a little work and realize, no, this is not for me, or this is the market's not actually as big as I thought, or whatever. And you're able to pivot smoothly into something else. And you just kind of look at it as an ongoing thing until you kind of find your mark. Um, I think it's really common because we, we have all of this cultural conditioning and, and we've got a lot of mindset stuff that happens when we leave a corporate job and we've suddenly let go of how we've defined ourselves if we're a career oriented person. Yeah. And it sometimes takes a little while to really understand what it is that you want to do and that you enjoy doing and where that meets what you're really good at. And that to me is where your gifts are, right? The things that you're really good at and really enjoy doing, those are your gifts. And if you build your business around those, you're pretty likely to be pretty happy. Yeah, I remember when I first left, I was, I, it was in the days when people still had blackberries. Do they still have them? I don't know whether they even still exist. They do, but mostly in, only in corporate. Yeah, so we had blackberries. And I remember that the day after I left, I was like, where's my blackberry? And where is that flashing red light that I was, yeah. I was kind of addicted to it. And Absolutely. so it takes you a bit of time just to kind of like get used to, Okay, I wasn't quite as important as I thought I was. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. no, no one is emailing, emailing me every five minutes. Of course, it has changes as you build a business. But yeah, I think, I think you're right. And it's, it's, um, it is about pivoting, I think. And I think being able to recognize that is a key skill and not seeing it as a failure. Because I think that's mm-hmm. sometimes how people maybe view it when they, yep. they start on one path and they continue down it because they think they need to 
Um, yep. Rather than recognizing and going, okay, I, I'm not enjoying that. I'm not good at it. Whatever. I'm going right. to pivot. Do you see that with some businesses that you talk to? Yes, absolutely. And that that's part of it as well. And that's one of the, so the, the first thing that I do with every client, no matter how I, uh, you know, whatever program they come in to work with me is we look at those mindset things and it's, it's adopting that startup mindset, but also, you know, that includes letting go of some of that perfectionism and the need to be right all the time and the seeing things as failures when they're really learning opportunities um, and opening yourself up to just, in my opinion, after spending, uh, let's see, it's been about 12 years where I've worked exclusively with entrepreneurs in my business, mindset is hands down the number one factor in success, business success. Does not matter. Any, nothing else matters if your mindset is correct because you will figure it out and you will find success and you will find your path. But if you have the wrong mindset, you'll give up and you'll quit or you'll follow the path to the, you know, the end because you feel like you should because you have this burden or this sense of shame about letting go of something that's not working for you or your business and you'll destroy your business. We always come up with reasons why our businesses fail. We come up, the market couldn't bear it. I ran out of cash, all of that thing. But an entrepreneur with the right mindset finds a way to find the cash. They find the right market. They find the right product to fit that market and they keep going. Wow. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I, I totally am totally with you on the whole mindset thing. And I've, I've definitely struggled with that. Um, especially around the kind of whole imposter, like who am I to be doing this kind of thing? And I even had that when I started the podcast. Um, and I think you're right, but I guess I've never looked at it in quite such terms of, um, that it's a hundred percent about mindset, but I guess you're right, actually. Um, so yeah. Okay. All right. So I guess then that kind of, kind of nicely leads on to a question about what advice would you give to someone who wants to start their own business, whether they're ex corporate or whatever, but what, what would, what advice would you, would you give someone? Um, in my experience, hiring a coach is one of the best things that you can do, whether that's working with somebody one-on-one or finding an online program that, you know, will guide you through what you want to do. Um, but investing in the support and training that you need to do it right and take the shortcut, right? Hiring a coach is taking a shortcut to success. Um, you can skip literally years of struggle, um, because you get the step-by-step plan. Uh, so that's one of the things and, and number two is get really clear on what it is that you actually want and why you're starting this business because starting business is not easy. It doesn't have to be complicated, but it is hard as, mm. and if you are not in it to win it, don't start a business, find a better job. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of all, I, th- I always think it's all kind of all consuming, isn't it? Because even, even when you think you've got it all figured out, something is going to come along and, and, and uh, kind of bite you. In fact, the word I used to describe a lot of the time is relentless. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 It, it, yeah. yeah. And I think you've got to figure out, yeah, is it, is it your current job that you don't like or is it that you really want to start another is it that you really want to start a business because it is hard yeah it's not easy no matter what you know even when everything goes smoothly like I have a lot of clients that have a really a pretty smooth transition into like replacing their income 
that doesn't mean it was easy. They're, they're a basket case for a while, right? There's all of this stress that comes with it. There's this burden of where is my money going to come from? How am I going to get the funding? Am I good enough? Am I smart enough? What if nobody buys from me? Uh, what if I fail and I have to tell my family? What if I lose my house because I took out a home and a home line of credit or whatever to invest in this business? You know, it's hard. It's challenging. And, um, and it is, it's, it's this constant ebb and flow. You know, for me, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm coming up on about three years since I started this version of my business. And it was, this is the hardest thing ever. Like my freelance business was so easy in comparison. It did take me three or four tries to, to yeah. get it right. But in comparison to this business, holy crap. I mean, I burned my life to the ground building this business because I am so passionate about it and driven. And yeah. probably anybody that's more, that's, smarter by more traditional terms or, or common terms would have quit a long time ago and walked yeah. away. So what's um, kept you going then? Why have you kept going? So when it's, you know, cause we've talked about the fact that sometimes we've just both felt like, Oh my God, I, I'm just going to get a job. What has, what has stopped you from doing that? Do you think it's that mindset? Do you think it's that commitment um, that you know work out? Yeah, it's absolutely mindset work that I've done um, and the coaching work that I've done with, with a number of, of really high-end coaches to understand that not only do I have a viable business model and I know that it's something that people want and I know that it's something that is capable of being very lucrative and profitable, I have what it takes, but it may take me a while. I think a lot of the, the challenges that I've had in the last two years were mindset issues. I was blocking myself. I was overcomplicating things. I was making things harder than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. I wasn't making direct offers for people to work with me. I was doing all of the online marketing and the social media and the building the brand and not actually saying, hey, buy from me. <laughs> I was having this conversation with someone yesterday, the very same conversation, because he was saying, I'm doing all this. And I was like, okay, but when was the last time you actually said, buy this from me? And he's like, yeah, I feel uncomfortable doing that. And, you know, I'm not judging because I am the same, but I, I've recognized also like you that I need to do that because yeah. you just, it, I said, why is that that we, why is that that we feel so reluctant to do that? It's a mindset issue. It's, it's, you know, we as humans, every, everybody shares two common, one of two common beliefs, which is either I am, I'm not good enough and I won't be loved. It's like, if you, anything you're afraid of in your life, anything that you avoid, you can usually trace it back. You know, I don't want to make a, a, an offer. Well, I don't want them to think I'm salesy. I, I want them to like me is what it is. Yeah. I feel like if I make them a sales offer, they're not going to like me and therefore I'm not good enough and I'm not loved and I'm going to die alone, half eaten by cats. Um, <laughs> Or dogs in right. my case. <laughs> yeah, or dogs. Right. And it's 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 just a mindset belief. Yeah. And it's also, you know, we we form these beliefs, and the belief is just a thought that we continue to think, but we form these beliefs that like selling is sleazy. But oftentimes selling is actually service. There's a great little super weird video called selling is service. I highly recommend it. Um it's super goofy and it's like selling is service and service is selling. Um, but it really is. If you're offering yeah. a, a type of service or a product that can really help somebody, uh, whether that's an entrepreneur or a person, um, and it's something that will actually improve their lives, selling that is a service. Yeah. And that is totally a mindset. Cause I remember, um, somebody said jade jade Gemma, you know jade right yeah she said exactly the same thing to me she said if you are not if you are not 
selling your service. You're actually, you're actually doing a disservice to people. And that, oh my goodness, that was like, what? (laughs) But she's totally right. And yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think it's the sort of thing you just don't, you don't learn as a, you know, in school or anything, isn't it? It's, you know, you learn all the practical, here's how you do maths, here's how you do English, it's this, Mm -hmm. but you don't learn anything about this kind of like practical entrepreneurship and, and and what strong, and what that strong kind of like mental belief can do for you or not do for you. Yeah. You're totally right. So I guess yeah, yeah, carry on. Yeah, I think as entrepreneurs, I think a lot of us fail to understand before we get into this that entrepreneur becoming an entrepreneur is a growth journey. It is a personal growth journey. You have to become who you need to become in order to run your company. And if you're not growing and you're not constantly learning how to become, you know, better at, at marketing, better at, at leading, better at hiring, uh, better at selling. Um, then you're, you're not going to be successful in the long run. And, and I don't think, I don't know if I would have signed up for this, if I had known just how much growth was going to be required of me. Yeah. 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 I know exactly what you mean. So you mentioned the selling a service video. I'm going to check that out, but there are any other kind of resources or people or books or whatever it is that have really kind of helped you out either with a mindset or with like practical, you know, how to do my accounts, anything, you know, what, what are some really good resources that you've come across? Oh God, there's so, so many. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll try not to ramble for an hour on that. Um, from a mindset standpoint, I would not be in business today and potentially might not be alive today. And I may have actually committed suicide at some point because I was struggling so much. I would not be in business for sure. If I had not done work with Tony Robbins at his events. Um, in particular, Unleash the Power Within, uh, which they'll be in Birmingham next spring for those of you in the UK. Um, Look at you being, being all like, oh, I'm going to check out where he's going to be in the UK. Well, because that might be coming out. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Date with Destiny. Uh, Date with Destiny is his biggest and most intensive program. And talk about spiritual growth. For me, it felt like about 10 years worth of spiritual growth in about five days. Um, super intensive, but you kind of re rewire your beliefs and, uh, and core values. So hands down that if you like events and you can stomach Tony Robbins, I personally love him and grown to love him, but many people don't relate to his Mm. message or his voice or his masculinity. And I totally get that. But if you do highly recommend checking out one of his events. Um, let's see, what are some other resources there in the UK, Jade Gemma and Matthew Kimberly are two of my favorite people. They're both coaches that I've, um, interacted with or worked with in some manner and both are focused on the selling side. So if what we talked about earlier resonates with you in terms of not feeling good enough to sell, those are two people to start reaching out to. Um, and what else? There's a great book called Profit First, and that's a, a more around the financing piece and, and um, you know, setting aside your profit before you pay your expenses. And it's a weird little mindset shift that works. Really yeah, well. I've, I haven't read it. I've heard a lot of people talk about it, actually. So I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get that one and take a look. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, 
God, I mean, and the book, the, the list of books that I could recommend are endless. So maybe I'll, I'll put together a list for you and you put it in your podcast notes. Yeah, yeah. For your clients. Um, I read an average of uh, one, one personal development book per week. Um, so I'm just constantly absorbing this sort of stuff. Oh, another one, uh, really great one. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker. Um, again, it's all about that money mindset and understanding that, you know, you are worthy of building a business. You are worthy of receiving and you are capable of, of receiving and understanding how you block yourself. You know, we all have ways that we sabotage ourselves. Um, and oftentimes that comes around to money. You know, I, we grew up not necessarily poor per se, but not well off. And so money was always tight. And so my beliefs are no money are like, it's hard to earn money. Doesn't grow on trees. Uh, you know, you got to work really, really hard to get all of that sort of stuff. And those sort of beliefs will hold you back as an entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's some, that's some good advice there. So is there anything you wish you'd known when you'd started out that you now know? <laughs> so many things. <laughs> um, <laughs> so many things. Um, I think the biggest thing that I, I would say is keep it simple in the beginning. Yeah. Really, you know, focus on your fastest path to cash. Social media is not marketing, it's brand building. It doesn't mean that it's not worth investing in, but don't expect to launch a Facebook page or an Instagram page and suddenly be building, you know, making massive plants. You need to be reaching out to people or going to events or connecting with them on LinkedIn or direct messaging them. Uh, you're going to get results faster. Don't build complicated funnels when you're starting out. Keep it simple. And in fact, even now, you know, I've spent two and a half years building all of these complicated funnels and I'm finding that the simpler they are, the better they perform. So keep it simple and focus on cash and don't be afraid to make offers and talk to people about what you do. Yeah, no, I think you're right about the keep it simple. I think they went, we went through a phase where everything was so complicated and, and sort of like the, the onset of kind of like automation and things like that meant people thought, oh, I've got to have this super complicated sort of funnels and everything going on all over the place. But actually it's just, it's just a, I think it's just a case of continually showing up, continually communicating, conti and, and, and like you say, I'm, asking for the sale um and just doing that as a, in as simple as way as possible yeah and to that end i think a lot of times we overcomplicate things because we start when we start this like uh scramble mode when we start a business and we start signing up for every freebie under the sun and following anybody that does anything related to our business online and then it, you know, you ask 10 people how to build a business, you're going to get 10 different answers. And the reality is there's no wrong way to build a business. There's no right way to build a business. You can literally do it millions of different ways. You got to find the ones that work for you. Um, but if you keep listening to what everybody says, you will get yourself to this level of overwhelm um, and paralysis by analysis and, and just make a mess of things. I did it. At least <laughs> yeah. half of my clients do it. Yeah. And so start being co more conscious of what you're uh, ingesting information wise and who you're listening. Pick a couple of people that you respect and listen to their advice and stop trying to add every single person that adds their opinion to mm. the world. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So three years, you said you've been in business. Is that right? Three years? Pretty close. Yeah. I think next month marks three years. So aside from 
Mexico City. What's been the highlight so far? What's been your number one highlight? Or two. You could have more two, than one. Three. However many there um, are. My, my highlights have been Melbourne, Australia, Barcelona, Spain, and Bangkok, Thailand. Um, and I'll talk about Bangkok because I think, for me, that was the, the city that was most surprising to me that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I started my remote year stuff in Asia and then, you know, everything that I'd heard about Bangkok was really just related to what happens on Soy Cowboy, which is the drinking party in street. And I don't drink. Yeah. And, uh, so I was like, uh, oh, Bangkok's probably going to be, you know, a non, non-starter for me. It'll be a great month to get some work done. And then I got there and I, I just fell in love with it. Um, again, it's, it's a huge city, which can be a little overwhelming, but it also means there's just tons of things to do. And it's this crazy mix of hyper-modern and crazy Asia and, you know, sights and smells and chaos. Yeah. The people are nice and, uh, the food's amazing. And, uh, I just really, really enjoyed it. It was a surprise for me. Yeah. Um, did you say Melbourne? I did. I spent that, three months in Melbourne. That is one of my favorite cities. It, um, a really good friend of mine who I was at school with emigrated there, I don't know, probably about 10, 15 years ago. So I've been lucky enough to go about four or five times and I love it. I love yeah. it. I think it's the kind of the whole, cause it's not, it doesn't feel too big Melbourne, but mm. it's the whole kind of like creative kind of I don't want to say dirty, but it's got a real vibe to it, hasn't it? It's got a real, um, it's not the whole kind of shiny sort of Sydney. It's, it's got such a sort of like, I don't know. A little, a little more down to earth than Sydney. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, again, a great mix of like nature, beach, beautiful sunset, weird animals. Um, I, mean, I think Australia is just magical. It, it really is just a magical place. Um, if it weren't so damn far away. I would probably consider emigrating. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It is. It's just so far. Although, well, haven't they got now got from the States? They've now got, didn't they fly from New York to Sydney the other day? The first direct flight, 17 hours. Mm-hmm. I so didn't see that. They did a, some, some test flight the other day, so. Wow. I know they do some, some from LA, but usually you have to go through either Auckland or Hawaii. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so that's your travel highlight. What's been your business yeah. highlight? Hmm. That's my business. I mean, I love what I do is really what it comes down to. Like working with my clients and seeing it when they, when they get results, when they have those epiphanies and realize that like they are capable of doing this, it's the most rewarding thing. Um, I think the thing that I'm most proud of personally in terms of my business was, was launching my online program, which is called six figure freelancers. And now I'm in the process of, yeah, I launched it a year and a half ago. Um, and now I'm trying to figure out how to make this an evergreen ongoing program and, and really scale and help as many people as possible. Yeah, I know. I know. So, um, I think that's the, that's the constant challenge, isn't it? And it, it kind of speaks a bit to how, how it is when you're an entrepreneur, you launch one thing and then you're constantly looking for how you improve it, how you change it. And I think that is what's different about running your own business because I don't know if you necessarily have that mindset when you're in corporate world. I don't think I did. How you no. 
I mean, when you're in a corporate job, you learn to take orders or directions. And even if you're leading programs, or you're still within an existing brand. You you have existing guidelines usually or yeah. teams and path forward. It's a very different way of thinking. Um, and because you're you're creating things from scratch and you know, you have to learn how to market them and sell them and make sure that there's a market for that. I think a, a mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make in the beginning is they'll you know, create something that they think is of value and they'll put it out there and it falls flat and they just walk away and they create something new instead of taking a second stab at it and saying, okay, that didn't work. Let's try this other tactic. Yeah. And, and see, because oftentimes you have amazing stuff that you have developed. You just don't know how to market and sell it yet. And it does take, tend to take a little bit of time to find that right product market fit and, and find the right channels for connecting with the people that need what you have. Yeah, I think you're totally right. Um, so one last question. What, is, there, is there anything that you've kind of with, any, with your program or with your coaching that's got an unexpected result that you, you know, you work for someone that you weren't kind of, you, you weren't ex- expecting to get or is it constantly surprising you or is it, do, do you know every time this is, this is how it is. I know this is what's going to happen. No, I mean, I, I have some predictors yeah. um, because I have a, a pretty um, step-by-step program. I, I know that like by the time they get through week three or four, their confidence is starting to build. Um, and, and I start to see changes in them and their personalities and all of that. I think the most surprising thing, I'm consistently surprised a that people the amazing people buy from me, like, and just blown away by the people that come to me now, right? My clients are just incredible people. And I'm like, oh, why are you hiring me? <laughs> um, I don't feel good enough. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, that, that imposter syndrome aside, I'm, I'm blown away by that. And then occasionally I have that client that just comes in and does something so it, it's spectacular that I'm just like, holy crap, I, I didn't, like they get results that are far better than mine, right? I have a client that, that I started working with in January and he's out, he earned my income by 2X already. Um, and it's just, it's mind blowing what happens when people get a little bit of clarity and confidence. That's amazing. Amazing result. We haven't spoken for so long, so I haven't had a chance to, yeah. while you've been, while you were in deepest, darkest Florida, we didn't talk. <laughs> I didn't really talk to anybody while I was in Florida. I was in a bit of a hole. <laughs> oh, okay. So where where are you going to go for that? Th- where are you going to be for Thanksgiving? What what's Thanksgiving plan? I am heading up to Portland, Oregon, to spend some time with family and friends. And and my dad is just outside of Portland in Washington. So I'll be. No, see if I'd known that, I'm going to be in LA for Thanksgiving. You know, obviously being a Brit, I don't really celebrate Thanksgiving. Right. Well, I don't really, I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, and I'm actually going to stay with English friends as well. So, um, who also don't celebrate, but it's a good excuse to, uh, to visit some sunshine. Um, so I will also be on the West coast of the U S mm. but we're just a few too many miles it's apart. It. I know yeah. it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Um, Maybe I could, how long are you there? Maybe I can pop down. I'm going to, I'm in LA for four days and then I'm going to San Jose, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. (sighs) 
yeah. So, um, so it's mother friends. So I will be, I will be in good old uh, Northern California for a bit as well. So, um, okay, I, that was it, really. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. I think you are so inspiring. The way you just continue to evolve your business, and you just up sticks and move to another country um you know I'm like, I don't know how you do that all the time I don't either <laughs> it's insane so you're gonna learn Spanish now now you're staying in Mexico a bit longer yeah my hope is come back in December and then sign up for sort of like an actual class for maybe two or three months I'm starting to pick it up yeah, you know, a lot, lot better just being here. So I think if I did, you know, com- committed to a couple, couple days a week training, I can do it better. And then um, kind of the idea is stay in uh, Mexico City and kind of um, use that as a hub to travel Central and South America, which I've not really done much of at all. So, so where's, top, where's, to top of the, where's the top <laughs> of the travel list then for, for South America? Where's, uh, Medellin, Colombia. Oh, now I've heard amazing things about there. Exactly. Oh. Me too. And I have, I actually have a friend that a client that will be there in December. Um, so it's toying with a, a trip down there in December, but uh, yeah, Medellin's top and then Buenos Aires and Santiago um, and Brazil, but that's not Spanish. That's Portuguese. So yeah. that's another. You need to learn another stuff. language for there. <sighs> Or just go perfectly on vacation. Right? Take yeah, well, uh, yeah, you could do that, actually. You don't have to always be working and living. You could just go on vacation. Because I guess that's the point, isn't it? It seems like you're permanently on vacation, but you're really not. Because you are living and working all the time. You just happen to be in another, in a, in a different location. Yeah. And I flex my hours so I can take advantage of where I am and, and do some of the touristy stuff, which is why it looks like from a social media standpoint, I'm, you know, on vacation all the time, but I'm not <laughs> for yeah. sure. And it, and it does become hard actually after a while to like take a vacation because it's like, you're already in a foreign country. Where are you going to go? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah. and like for me as an achiever, I have to force myself. Like I went out last week, I flew out to uh, Cancun to play Adele Carmen and there were some entrepreneur, I, I went cause there were some entrepreneur events and networking stuff. And I was like, yeah, let's go get involved in the community. And then I got there and I was like, you know, I'm fucking tired. I'm going to spend the week laying by the pool. Yeah. So do you work from your, your Airbnb or do you, do you go to co-working spaces? What do you do? Because do otherwise both. you're on your own all the time, right? Yeah, both. It depends. So here in Mexico City, Remote Year has a group that's here for the month. And so I opted in to be, to, to be part of their community and do the co-working space. So I actually, after this call, will be going and, and going to the co-working space. And I have a coffee date scheduled with one of the remotes um, to get to know her. Um it varies city by city. Sometimes if I'm there just a short time, I will just work from my Airbnb or cafes. You know, I'll take, yeah. I'll put my laptop in my backpack and I'll go wander around and I'll just find a cafe with Wi-Fi. It kind of depends on the project that I'm working on. Um, when I'm in a city longer, I, t- I like to get a co-working space. Like when I was in London, you know, two years ago, I was working out of WeWork for like three months. And I like having the co-working space because it gives me that, sense of focus. Yeah. I don't go yeah. every day, but if I have to, you know, get myself my ish together 
to go across town to go to a co-working space for, you know, a few hours, I'm going to get really good quality work done while I'm in that co-working space. Yeah. I think it's important because I think if you're, if you're on your own all the time, it's just not good for you. I, I, I certainly feel that anyway. So I, I know I've told you many times that I knew the time was right for me to go to co-working space when I was going around the local co-op. UK listeners will know what I mean. And talking to the shop assistants and the old ladies in there. I mean, it was ridiculous. That was my, that was my, that and the dog were my, uh, were my company for the day. So I, I, for me, I have to be around other people um, some of the time. Yeah, same here. I'm, I'm highly introverted, so I can get away with, with being isolated a bit longer than the yeah. average human. Um, but it's still, it's the same. Like when I, like, I, like I said, I went to Playville Chiron last week and I realized I was just so tired there. And part of that was the loneliness. I've been on my own for a really long time. I've not been around friends and family. That's why I'm going home for a month. Yeah. But this guy, you know, the, the, the guy, the street vendors here are pretty animated and they want to get your attention and he, you know, free hugs. He said free Mexican hugs. And I almost took him up on it. Cause I was just like, <laughs> it's been so long since I had a hug. Oh, I'll give you a virtual hug right now. Thank you. So some great tips there from Kate. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting to her about um, her story of corporate burnout, becoming a digital nomad, finding your true purpose and pivoting as a result of that. Um, For me, possibly the biggest takeaway from Kate's um, interview was how important mindset is. Mindset absolutely 100% is... um, think the one thing that's going to make your business success or failure and I really to be honest I've really struggled with getting that right so um inspiration I think for a future podcast episode is um having a little chat to somebody who is a hundred percent about how you frame your mindset as you grow your business so Hope you've enjoyed this um, episode of Business is Good. I'll be back next week with more stories of modern business. Thanks a lot. Bye. Tune in next week where we have more inspirational stories talking about moving your business beyond what it is and moving it more towards what you're in business for what's important and doing good and changing the way things should be done.